begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, on this wonderful Sunday morning, on this Mother's Day. Uh, incredibly happy to see all of you here today. Did you ever hear that saying, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason? No? I, somehow I remember my mom saying that to me, I think, back in the day. Now, it, it may have kind of been like foreshadowing of the line of work that I was going to go into where I just kind of talk to people a lot. Um, but it's pretty good advice, isn't it? In fact, I would argue on some level, maybe that skill of being a good listener, um, we, we don't uphold as much as maybe we should. So today, when we're kind of going through this series on sharing Christ with our world and with our communities, um, we're going to talk about the importance of simply being good listeners as believers. We know how important that is because on some level I would say every single one of us uh, wants to be heard. Right? In 1989, there was a sound that oceanographers picked up uh, in the Pacific Ocean in this region. Uh, it was a sound that they had never heard before, and some of it was kind of revealed because uh, uh, the Navy had declassified some of their uh, sonar equipment that had been in place kind of throughout the Cold War. So uh, for our, our military, for our nation, we, we needed to listen to the ocean. We need, we do, <laughs> listen to the ocean, and we need to know what's there because ideally, at least as a nation, we want to know if there are threats that are coming our way. And so the U.S. Navy undertook this in incredible task of, of cataloging the sounds of the ocean. So in 1989, they picked up something that they had never heard before. It was a sound that they had, they had no uh, um, kind of record of it. It had not been cataloged. They had some idea of what it was coming from, uh, but it was completely foreign to them. That was in 1989. 1990, about the same time, they heard the sound again. Also in 91 and 92, all about the same time. Well, this started to kind of build up a, a, a catalog, a, a history of what this sound was, but they still didn't exactly know what was happening. That audio sound um, confused them. It's one thing to have sound produced, but it's a whole other thing to know what it's connected to. So here it is for you. Okay, so did you pick it up? Do you know what it is? We have some guys in the Navy. I see Brady like intently looking at me. Like, I think, yeah. Okay. As best they can tell, and they've continued studying this sound, this is actually the, the vocalization of a blue whale. Okay. Now, you might be saying, okay, 
haven't they heard blue whales before? In fact, that's probably one of the things that, that submarines and the Navy <clears throat> had heard quite often. Because um, as you know, blue whales vocalize, they speak to one another in these, in these tones. But here's the problem with this one. Um, this particular vocalization of this whale was at a level uh, that no other whale ever used. So most whales vocalize between 10 and I think around 35 hertz is their vocalization range. And so the Navy and others, oceanographers, are quick to be able to find, okay, this is a blue whale, these are other types of whales, things like that. But this one consistently came in at 52 hertz, right? So much higher than a normal blue whale. What that means is, if this is from a blue whale, and they're pretty sure that it is, it means that this whale has been vocalizing, this whale has been speaking, but none of the other whales could understand it. Right? In truth, it's a little bit sad, actually, because its entire life, it could hear, but what it was speaking was never heard by any of its other mates, presumably any of the other whales that were around, because um, it was vocalizing in a, at a level that they simply did not understand. Um, there's actually been a, a movie that has been made about this and, and a little bit of interest, um, and this whale has been dubbed the loneliest whale, right? I know, it's kind of, you're like, you're it's very sad for this blue whale, right? Um, he's also been called 52 Blue, uh, because 52 megahertz is the, the vocalization range. Um, that whale continues to live off the coast of California and all the way up to, uh, up to Alaska. In fact, almost every year since 2014, they have found that whale's vocalization. But the reason they call it the loneliest whale is, out of all those years, and blue whales live on average about 70 years, 70 years of vocalizing and having no one respond, no one being able to hear you. It is a little bit sad, isn't it? But we're not here to talk about whales, right? Um, and maybe you're not that sad about the whale, right? Um, scientists have theories on why this whale vocalizes in a higher level, uh, that maybe it was a birth defect, maybe it was deformed in an accident, something like that. They don't know why but they know that it's consistently there and that whale is consistently calling. But it's even more important, I think, when we consider our relationships amongst one another and most importantly to the world around us, right? Every single one of us as human beings want to be heard and how lonely that can be when we feel that we aren't. Today, in the book of James, James kind of pulls that apart, how important it is for us as believers to use the ears God's given us, simply listen so that everyone is heard. That's going to be our theme today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how we as believers can listen. The overarching theme that James picks up on is that we do that with humility, humbly, right? And then a couple of uh, um, sub-points we'll talk about. Uh, as believers, we want to be quick to listen, but then also eager to do. 
You're welcome to follow along with me today, uh, if you would like. Uh, I'll also have our, our scripture text on the screen, but you're also welcome to follow along in your bulletin. Uh, and there's a little spot there for, for notes and, and doodling and things like that, if you want to take advantage of that. Um, our text today was written by uh, Jesus' brother, half-brother, the Apostle James. And uh, most theologians will say that James was the writer of this book, of the book of James. And you need to know just a little bit about James' background and, and maybe how it shapes not only our text today, but even the entire book of James. So James was one of Jesus' brothers, and if you remember early in Jesus' ministry, how did his brothers and his family react to the reality that he was the Messiah, the promised one of God? Not so great, right? They rejected him, actually. When Jesus went back to Nazareth, um, he was, he was uh, almost put to death, right? And his own family, his own brothers, rejected him. So that's a little bit of the backstory of James. But at some point, James heard. James heard Christ and his Messiah and came to faith. James ended up becoming the, the bishop of Jerusalem. Uh, he, was, he was the head of the, the Christian church based in Jerusalem and wrote the text that we're talking about here today. But you can hear a little bit, I think, of James' unique biography. So he was not always a Christian. In fact, he was uh, opposed to Christ and opposed to Jesus. And so when James talks to us today in his book, um, you, you can understand that he knew a time when he could not hear the voice of God. He, there was a time in his life when, when he did not know forgiveness, when he did not know love, when he did not know hope, and he did not know Christ as his Lord and Savior. And so when he writes these words to us, you, can almost, get a, you almost get a sense that um, James viscerally knew what it was like to be on the outside looking in. Put it this way, James viscerally knew what it was like to have not heard God's voice in unbelief. And yet now, and in our text today, the the ears of his heart have been opened. He's now a believer. And so when James comes to us and talks about um, the importance of listening, I think there's some autobiographical reasons for that. Because there was a point in his life when he did not hear God. Right? And now the importance of being able to hear Christ's forgiveness. Okay? So let's jump into our text. I'm picking up uh, just our very first verse here. Uh, it says, And humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. So that, 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 uh, um, that idea of humility in our listening, in our listening to God's word, in our listening to the people in our lives, is kind of an overarching theme that James drives us through. And on some level, I think, I'm not going too far to say that I think that is a, a, um, a basic level characteristic for us as believers. Think about what we did when we walked into worship here this morning. Every service here at CVL starts out with some form of confession of sins. And you can mindlessly kind of read through it. You can kind of uh, just let it, let it kind of uh, float over your head. But in reality, the reason we do that is that we, that you, that each one of us is able to step back, pause, and understand that we are not perfect. Right? To confess the sins we've committed, the mistakes that we've made, the people that we've hurt, 
and ultimately our sins against our God above. And so I don't think I'm going too far to say that humility is, is, is one of the most important characteristics for us as a believer. Understanding our weaknesses and our sins, but then also hearing and listening and knowing our God above. And so James, uh, uh, kind of th- that idea of humility kind of permeates everything that he is going to tell us to do, right? Let's continue with our text, uh, verses 17 and 18. James says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now, there's a couple things that, that James lays out for us right at the beginning of our text. And it is, <clears throat> it is what guides us into his command to listen and to do. It's God, right? A God that does not change like the shifting shadows, and a God that has been um, heard and revealed to us through the pages of Scripture. And so James starts it out in that way. And I think there's comfort in that. When James, uh, maybe more so than other writers, gives, says, do these things, right? James is, is uh, some have, have labeled the book of James as faith works, like uh, um, just James gives us all kinds of things to do as believers, reflecting what inward change we already have. But what's really wonderful here is that James says we can't ever lose sight of that, that our God doesn't change. And what doesn't change about him? His love, his forgiveness, and the promises that he makes, he always keeps. And so when James talks to us about being good listeners and doing these things, it's all built on a God who hears and listens, and understands us and the brokenness in our world, and yet gave his life on the cross for us. And so James starts it out that way. Your God above and his forgiveness does not change. And that forgiveness, we find all over the pages of Scripture. Okay? Continue with our next few verses here, um, 19 through 20. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So there it is. And we kind of get to our first point. James says, we ought to be quick to listen. Is that what we're usually quick to do? Would you characterize our world as quick to listen? I don't know that, they, that we would, right? In the world around us, I don't, I don't know that we would characterize our world as a place that is quick to listen. In fact, I would argue maybe on some level we are quick to respond. We are quick to type. We are quick to fire off uh, uh, um, tirades in cyberspace. We are quick to snap at someone that dared um, step on us or offend us, right? I'd say more often than not, in the world around us, of which we are a part, we're not quick to listen. We're quick to speak, speak our mind, to speak our opinion, and to, to on some level, 
assume that you will listen. And so it's fascinating that James talks to us in a little different way as believers. Because as believers, we ought to be quick to listen. In fact, I think we could say that in another way. We ought to listen first before we speak. And I think James in this text it really is talking about in two different places. And quite often, maybe you, we, we immediately jump to our relationships. And if, if any of you spouses are like elbowing each other, like, man, this one's really, this was just right for him. <laughs> like, pastor, you should just, yeah, you should just send this one home with me. I'll put it under his bed, right? So, or, or her bed, right? So sometimes I think real quickly we can go to our relationships and say, yeah, I wish my mom and dad were better, were more quick to listen. I wish my spouse was more quick to listen. I wish my boss was more quick to listen. But really here, James is telling each of us to kind of pull back and say, not what are the people around me doing, but what am I doing? Do I listen first before I speak? Am I quick to listen? And I think two areas that James kind of drives home for us, and one powers and motivates the second, and we dare not skip it. First is, is that we ought to be listeners of God's voice. That we ought to be listeners of God's word. Now, maybe that sounds almost simplistic. And I, I, I fear that maybe there are times when we almost skip over that point, like, oh yeah, that's what a pastor's supposed to say, and we're in a church, right? Um, that we ought to listen to God's word, that we ought to be in the Bible. We cannot skip over that. God's voice poured out on the pages of Scripture is the thing that powers our Christian living. In fact, I would argue that you cannot, uh, at least in, uh, from Christian motivation, be quick to listen unless you have listened to your God above. So the importance of being in Scripture, whether that's in church formally on a Sunday morning, maybe it's in your personal devotions during the week, maybe it's with your spouse, maybe it's leading your kids in prayer beginning of the day or at the end of it, maybe it's a podcast that you listen to, but at some point in our week of every single week and maybe every single day, we, we are quick to listen to our God above because it's in the pages of scripture that, that we are shown not only who we are, but most importantly, who God is and what he has done for us, and the sacrifice that we have in him. I'll be very honest with you, as a pastor, any pastor, I think, um, you, you get a little bit nervous uh, sometimes when, when folks are quick to do, very quick to get involved at church, but have very little time or interest in actually listening to the pages of Scripture. Now, People come along in different ways and in different paths. But for us as believers, the word has to be central. Not speaking to God about how we expect our life to go. Not speaking to God about this is what I like and these things I don't like so much. But opening the pages of scripture and saying, Lord, speak to me. Let me hear your voice. And letting his voice and his words dictate our lives and how we live. So the first thing James would encourage us, and I would argue if you skip this step, the rest of it 
is going to be off track at some point, is that we are willing to be quick to listen to the pages of Scripture and the voice of our God above. And what you hear time and time again, every time you open those pages of Scripture, is that you are loved, that you are valuable, that God makes promises, that God fulfills promises, and that God sent His only Son to die on the cross for your sins. Quick to listen to God's voice. But that also motivates how we treat other people around us. We think of loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and loving our neighbor as ourself. I think James would make the argument, the best way for you to love your neighbor is to simply be quick to listen. And it is amazing what happens when you do that. This is one that maybe hits a little bit home for me. So if your profession is, is talking in front of people, uh, and your profession is chatting with people, and you kind of like doing that, sometimes you could be accused of maybe talking too much. Why are you laughing at some of the, there was The laughing was a little bit too, right? So, um, so this, this is, a, this is a, a professional pitfall for me, but I, think, but I think it can be common for any of us, right? Any relationship that you're in, workplace, in your community, as neighbors, it's much easier and more natural for us to simply speak and, and expect others will listen. But how incredibly important it is for us to step back and simply listen. Because people want to be heard. The reason I can say that is because I know that you want to be heard. And it's amazing what comes out when we just close our mouths and ask a question and simply listen. In fact, think through Jesus' ministry just a little bit. In fact, our gospel text today, when he came to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, did he sit them down for a Bible class right off the bat and say, hey, we've got to get you signed up because we've got to get you right? How did Jesus approach them? He asked them a question. What are you talking about? And they talked, right? The importance of simply listening, of asking a question, of stepping back, and listening to the real hurts, the real pain, the real opposition, the real questions that all of us have and that those outside of these walls have cannot be understated. And here's the beautiful thing about that. If you listen, when you listen, you have the chance of actually building some credibility that you actually care about those people. Right? If somebody takes the time to simply listen to you and, and let you pour out their heart, and maybe you've said this, and maybe you've experienced this, where somebody just listened, and you poured out your heart, and maybe there were some tears, and, and, and all the difficulties, and at the end of that conversation, what quite oftenly do they, often do they say? Thanks for listening. Sometimes I'll even apologize, like, I'm sorry, I just, I said so much, like, because I think we just want to be heard, right? James urges us as believers to be quick to listen, to listen to the very real lives and pain and sorrow and joys and triumphs of the people around us. And when we do that, we have the opportunity to share with them a Savior that not only understands all those things, but ultimately came to our earth in order to solve those things. So, 
quick to listen to God's voice through the pages of Scripture, but to the voices around you, your family members, your loved ones, your spouse, your neighbors, and those in our community. Okay? So, but then James urges us to also do. We go out in verse 22, and I grab 22, and we'll go 26 and 27. James then says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Those who consider themselves religious and yet, uh, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So this is an interesting turn that James takes. So he tells us to be quick to listen, but then he moves beyond that, right? After we've heard God's voice and listened to the people around us, now he urges us to do. I heard a theologian once say that not only listen to the word, but James would urge us to do the word, right? To do what it says. Now, what's kind of fascinating about this section is why would James uh, single out orphans and widows? Now, keep this in the context that James has just told us to be quick to listen, to be good listeners, and to put that into action. And then he goes on and he points out and he isolates these two groups of people, orphans and widows. Can you think of why and what connection may have been in James's mind when he urges us to do that? I've got an idea. I think it's possibly possible <clears throat> that within Israelite Society, in fact, I think it's probable within Israelite society, orphans and widows were seldom heard. I think it's possible that within Israelite society, that orphans and widows seldom had a voice to speak anything. And so I think that's what James's connection is here. These are groups of people that, as much as they speak, generally society was not listening to them. They did not have status. They did not have wealth. They, did not, they were not able to reciprocate if you did something for them. These were groups of people that were entirely dependent on society as, at that time. right? And so what does James tell us to do? What does the Word urge us to do? To listen and to do for groups such as these. Now what's the application for us? I think there's plenty of groups that aren't heard in our world and in our lives. And I think that's an area for us as believers where we go back to what James has told us, that we are quick to listen. Those that are on the outside looking in, right? Um, consistently throughout Scripture, God stands for those that are on the outside looking in. Right? James echoes that. We ought to be good listeners, and not just to the people that we like to hear. <laughs> and here's maybe the sad part about it. You want to know who I tend to like to hear the most? Myself. <laughs> right? And that's what we fall into. But James urges us as believers, motivated by Christ, about a, by a God that listens, right? to listen to the people that he has placed into our lives and to listen to the community 
around us. That, I think, gives us credibility to be able to share what people actually need to hear, which is Christ. And you know that to be true, don't you? Because somebody, sometime, somewhere, shared Christ with you. At some point in your life, your heart, your soul, heard the voice of your Lord and Savior above, the reassurance that you are forgiven and you are loved. That's our motivation and that's the joy that comes from our lives as Christians. Uh, there's a woman uh, who was born deaf. Uh, she was born deaf 29 years of her life. She had never heard, heard a sound. I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, Sloan Sherman. Um, through the wonders of modern medicine, she's able to hear for the very first time. <laughs> 29 years having never heard creates quite a reaction, right? But the truth is, that's the reality for us, for each one of you spiritually. Whether it was at your baptism, or somebody shared Christ with you later in life, at some point, the ears of our hearts were opened to hear the voice of our Lord and Savior, that you are forgiven, that you are loved, that you are valued, and that your eternal destiny is heaven. Privilege we get as Christians is to be able to share that news with those who have yet to hear of the good news of the gospel. One of the best ways for us to be able to do that is simply being quick to listen so that we can share Christ who's the most important part of it, of it all.